Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Education Conversations. It's a Mindful Wednesday and uh, it's time for us to get into a social conversation here. Um, A-teamers, please remember that uh, you can reach us on uh, DSTV Channel 814, social media at SAFM Radio or at Patricia N. Nduli. On WhatsApp 614 or SMS 41391 to call in, dial 011-714-2006. We are talking the pain carried by men. This is going to be a very touchy topic, and I'd love to hear from both women and men, um, mothers and sisters, brothers, uncles, fathers. Let's talk about the pain that you're carrying, and if you feel that society is too judgmental. On the other hand, perhaps men are just too sensitive. Men should not be crying. I mean, these are the things that we we, we throw around in society. So do interact with us, A-teamer. I'd like to welcome the men chuckling in the background ever smiling, but very, very insightful, Billy Silikane, who's Africa's number one professional inspirational speaker. What an honor. Always beautiful to have you on a Wednesday evening, Billy. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Patricia, and welcome. We missed you. Hey, listen, I've also been missing you. (laughs) I live for these mindful Wednesdays. So, Billy, you know, we we grow up and people raise their boy children to say, yeah. men don't cry, mm-hmm. be strong, you know, be able mm-hmm. to forge forward. And and then on the other hand, now we are asking, is society being too judgmental when the same society has said a man is strong, a man is the head, a man can take everything, um, you know, a man should not be crying. So are we not contradicting ourselves? Well, I think... Uh... Billy, are you there? It seems there's an issue with our lines. Let me allow um, Brabenzito to just uh, fix up the lines and then we'll be back um, with Billy Siligane because I want to know, are we as society not contradicting ourselves if we are now asking, are we being too judgmental towards men? Are we expecting too much from men? Um, or should we change the way altogether that we are raising and treating men? So remember, I, I want to hear from you as an A-teamer. As a man, what are the pains that you are carrying that you feel society is not being understanding about? 011-714-2006 or even send a, a voice note on 0614-104-107 SMS 41391. Billy, are you back? Yes, I'm here. I'm not sure what's happening. Can yeah, you? Oh, yeah. There yeah. are gremlins on all these network connections. Don't worry. I'm glad I've got you back. So I was asking, <laughs> are we as a society not being too judgmental? Or well, even think, contradicting ourselves when it comes to men? Well, I think, Patricia, we've got to go back and understand in the context of where this comes from. And if you look at, especially South Africa, but also it's a prevalent statistics all over the world, the rate of suicide is higher in men than it is in women. And therefore, one would ask, why is, is that? It, again, it goes back to this sense that men carry so much. And at some point in time, because they were given this myth of be strong, men don't cry, don't show emotions, you are the alpha. And when they're faced with tough circumstances, and then they look at this stereotype that society has painted on them, and they only find the way out is, is to commit suicide, which is kind of sad. So therefore, you know, uh, the late Dr. Miles Monroe once said something very profound. And he said a lot of married men, before they go home, they go to the bar, you know, 
And they go to the bar, not because they like going to the bar, they go to the bar because it's almost like a survival mechanism because they need to go and get courage. They do two things when they go to the bar. First, they connect with other men and, and sort of it's like a, a brotherhood and then they need courage to go back home because there's always a sense that uh, there are big expectations towards men and when men don't meet those expectations, there's a sense of perception of weakness, that they are weak, that they cannot provide. And all of this becomes pains that many, 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 I mean, millions of men are carrying that pain, but they've got no outlet. You know, they've got no place to talk about it. And they do very strange things like commit suicide, kill their, their spouses, and do all kinds of funny things. And all of this is happening because of this societal myth that says that be a strong man, uh, you know, cowboys don't cry, but cowboys have to cry because cowboys are also human. Men are human, and therefore men must be given an outlet for them to safely, in a very safe way, talk about what troubles them without them feeling that they'll be judged or made to believe that they are weak. So it starts with the way men are brought up uh, as yeah. uh, boy children, and then yeah. it goes to the environment that they live in. So let me go yeah. back to that uh, uh, Dr. Miles Monroe's analogy that men will first go to the bar before going home to get yeah. courage. Are they not getting courage because they are perhaps living a facade, a facade before their wives, children, family members, that they're so strong, they're so macho? So is it not their owners to drop the facade and drop the macho man and go home and cry and feel vulnerable because, hey, things were tough at work. Hey, I, I can't afford our next meal. And I really feel, you know, it, it, times are tough for me. Won't that make it better? Well, sadly, society does not allow, you know, our current societies don't create an outlet where a man can say, again, it goes back to this uh, perceived judgment and perceived uh, strength that where men are said, you're a man, you carry the yoke, you're the, you know, the covenant holder, and therefore you do all these kind of things. And, and therefore, the sense of humanity, that I'm also a human being, somehow gets taken away from the men, you know. And, and I'm, I'm not blaming any particular person, but it's societal standards which were created and we, we were born in this environment and it becomes difficult to confront it and say, can there be an open environment where men can safely say, hey guys, this December I can't afford to take you on a holiday. You know, uh, I can't afford to buy the new car, you know. And once they say the things that they're perceived to be, they should provide, that there's not going to be a kind of a, a flashback or a hit back, you know? So a man would rather go and get loans to take their kids and their family for a holiday rather than to say to them, I can't afford to, to pay for the holiday. Because we were told that men must provide, you know? So, and that, that provision, sometimes it's not even congruent to the economy. So, Billy, then where's the man's responsibility before we even go to society to say society is too judgmental? What is the man's responsibility here? Is it not his responsibility to start becoming honest with himself and with those in his lives, in their lives? Because, you know, I, I always advocate for men, but I don't advocate for, for, 
for people not to take responsibility. If I'm lying to my family, if I'm taking loans and end up resenting my family because of the trouble I put myself through to make them happy, and they don't even know the trouble, and I feel underappreciated, is it not my fault? Should I not be doing things differently and being honest? Patricia, it's it's easy for us to say what you've just said. It's Mm. easy for us to say, let's be responsible, let's be open and let's talk. But let me just give you an example. You know, in our society, women, when they grow up, you know, and usually they, they they come and cover you and tell you, when you grow up, so, you know, that's how you must treat your husband, blah, blah, blah. There's always been an education or an environment that educates women on womanhood. But there hasn't been a very honest environment that trains men for better manhood, you know. So, therefore... It's, it's, it's almost like monkey see, monkey do. You know, it's, it's like we grow up, we, we look at our uncles, they don't tell us anything, you know, they pretend to be very cool and very macho, we want to be like them. And they never talk to boys, you know, there's no, like, no, those things never happen in our society. And then, if you look at where we are now, I mean, again, I'm, I'm saying all of this with, from a very humble place. That says we should create the environment for men to be able to be open. I mean, we've, we've just had in South Africa a program called Take a, Take a Girl Child to Work. What about the, the, the boy child? Mm, mm. You know, what about him? Who, who sh- what, what, what should he do? Yeah, yeah, Billy, you know, uh, we are talking about something that is uh, a thorn, I think, in all our flesh as South Africans, because there's a lot of responsibility on all of us, but uh, opportunity is not always given equally. Let's go to the lines. I've got A.T. Mambali, who's holding. Good evening, Bali. Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. Hey, you are are coming with a very sensitive sensitive topic. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not easy, not easy. You see what the guest is saying. I, I think he's absolutely uh, on what is happening. The environment that is around, or the environment that the men mostly are growing up, is setting a lot of pressure on. Did, did you get me? Yes, it's setting yeah. a lot of pressure, yes. Yes. Uh, it is not questionable. The most part, if you don't make it as a man in these days, you definitely know it's not negotiable that you will you will lose your all that dignity that you deserve or you you taken as if you're supposed to have it. Mm-hmm. So. so uh-huh. So the the, mo- the most part of it, if you don't afford, you will definitely lose the power. You lose the power where, Mbali? I, and, and I'm asking you because I want to understand it from your experience. Yeah. You, 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 you lose know, the power where? You, you know, when you listen to the stories, even to the other people around Mm-hmm. The most, the most trending thing is that I lost it when I lost, I lost my job, I lost my relationship, I lost the love of my life. 
the time I lost my job. You understand? I'm with you. I'm with you, Mbali. Um, yeah, thank you very much for calling in, Mbali, and sharing that. Billy, weigh in on what Mbali has said, please. You know, again, you, you know, you know, we, we, so men. Are you still there, Billy? Yeah. Can you um, hear me? Yes, go ahead. So I think it goes back to this. Uh, so you see, if, if you look at Africa pre-colonization, okay? If you looked at, I, I'll give you this example, this statement, which is a very powerful phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, okay? What that statement meant, it meant that when a child was born to a family, he or she was not actually born to the family, they were born to the village. And it was the responsibility of the village to nurture, to mentor, and to coach this child, be it a boy child or a girl child, to find their, their space in, in that society and to find their space in that society not based on superficial expectation, but based on how that the architecture of that society was. Now, Ubuntu, I am because of, you know, Ubuntu, Ubuntu, Ubuntu. If you look at all these Afrocentric concepts, and history will tell you, you can go to the history books that will tell you. Africa pre-colonization, actually, we had more gender equity, which people don't even know, than we have now. We have now. We had a time in Africa where a lot of women were leading men, and they were not leading men based on the fact that men were feeling subservient. They were leading men because it was a meritocratic society. These women had the aptitude and the intelligence to lead. I'll give an example. In, 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 the, in what is called Angola today, many years ago, there was a woman, warrior Colin Zenga. She was an army general. She fought off the Portuguese, commanding an army of men. And why was she given that opportunity? Because she was a great strategist. You know, so that society was a society which had a plurality. You know, there was no... There was no issue about gender. There was an issue about the collectiveness of what the society needed to achieve. And I mean, example, if you go to Egypt, when it was called Kemet, you know, there was the Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt, and there was war, consistent war between the Upper Kingdom and the Lower Kingdom. And when Cleopatra became the king or the queen, she then created peace between the two, you know, and she led men. If you go back to Ethiopia, the Queen of Sheba, you know, the most powerful woman that lived from, from, from that side who went to Israel, met King Solomon, you know, had a children with King Solomon, came back to Ethiopia. That's when the Jewish nation thrived in Ethiopia. So if you look at Africa pre-colonialization, the role of men and women in a society was based on what the society needed to achieve. There was no present the fact that you are the man, therefore you should do this. Or you are the woman, therefore you're subservient. No, it was to say, we are this society, we are living in this era, we are faced with challenges, but in the space that we're in a society, who is best suited to lead? And, and men did not have issues in following women who led them to war, and they won amazing battles, you know. So there was no issue about, oh no, she's a woman who can't follow her. And there was no issue that, oh, you're a man, therefore you must be at the forefront of the war and be killed first. No, there was nothing like that. So we have to understand that if you look at Eurocentric and Americentric way of thinking, 
It is the thing that said, oh, the man has to be the provider. You know? But pre-colonization, that's not how Africa was, was formulated. That's not how Africa operated. And we, as African people, we have to understand that we are the, the cradle of humanity. We're the cradle of humankind. Humankind was born in Africa. Then, blah, 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 we went all over the world and came back. And now came the, 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 the colonialism is back and they completely created the mess out of Africa. But you must understand that the Europeans and the Americans, they are like adolescent children who are rebelling against their parents and who are destructive in nature. So the challenges that we're faced with now, I always, you know, I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but it is, it is, it is what I've seen and, I've, you know, data will tell you it's true. The biggest challenge that we have on planet Earth today is the pale white male. The white man, you know, they create bombs, nuclear bombs, they create wars, and uh, they, they, actually the whole, the whole world is in the mess because of white men. And you ask yourself why. It's because, it's because of their recessive gene, because we are the original gene. They are uh, our gene minus whatever, whatever, whatever. So their gene is recessive. Their birth rate is dropping. They are not going to grow at the rate that we're growing. So therefore, they've got a destructive nature themselves. And sadly, that destructive nature we have now adopted as our way of life. And we are struggling because that's not who we are. So do you feel that this is a part of the woes that uh, the man is feeling currently? You know, the African man is literally under siege. In all, by all intents and purposes, you go to the UK, you go to the US, you go, the African man is under siege. In, in the USA, the African man, the system in the USA, systematically destroys families by taking away the African man from society and make the society weak. In South Africa, by the way, we also have the same problem, that our past government incarcerated more men of color to, again, do exactly the same thing. When you take men away from society, society becomes weak. And we have not reset this this thing that has been happening. We have not even spoken about it. And therefore, some of us, we were born in the era at the peak of this thing. And our fathers, we used to wake up very early in the morning to go to work and come back very late at night. So we never had a chance to talk to our fathers. Our fathers never had a chance to talk to us. So we've always been on a default, you know, we're always trying. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, because the essence of who we are has been removed from us and we've been given a foreign way of conducting ourselves and this foreign way is creating serious issues for men especially black men sure it's it's a very tough one that we are discussing let me go to anonymous uh, on the line anonymous good evening good evening ma'am. how are you good thank you I'm good. I just uh, uh, wanted to say that uh, we are thankful to have Dr. Billy always guiding us or listening even last, uh, earlier this week. Um, I just want to say that some of the things that make us um, to be to be modern, uh, I mean, this time we're living in right now is one of the most difficult times. Uh, the lockdown where some of us have never known how to survive the world uh, in this kind of manner. So that's where most of us men become under pressure and that men are hunters uh, idea 
start to sink in and it puts a lot of pressure and most of us men out there we're very very depressed it's it's a it's a very very difficult time right now and i think right now i wish it could be a time in the same conversation that that they really can help us survive this tough time because some of us we fathers and we 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 we, we find it very difficult now than ever before you know we knew fathers and this time we're living in it's very difficult so i just wish that uh, right now as we ask men what in their heart what what troubles them that we can also help you know encourage them to 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 to, to find strength in this tough time because this is the most time that men have ever find themselves depressed ever before mm. You know, Anonymous, I'm glad that you're saying this. And I'd like us to acknowledge that this time is tough for everyone. So the the, the women in the men's lives are facing the same pressure. But now it's how do we then try to unlearn and relearn the right way of supporting each other so that men are not left behind and expected to be strong? Thank you very much, Anonymous. I'm going to allow uh, Billy to, to weigh in. Billy? Yeah, this is a mouthful. So there's a good friend of mine, and one day I would invite him to come and have the same conversation with us. His name is Craig. Craig Wilkinson, he's in the space of helping men become better fathers and better men. And me and him, at the beginning of COVID, we did a video, and the video was called The Six Virtues of Men. You know, what are the six things that men needs to nurture in themselves to really transcend and really occupy a space in our society which is designated properly and not forced. The first virtue that we spoke about was that uh, men must use their strength for good. Yes, we have strength. And the strength that we have, we must use it for good. In the sense that when we, what we see a lot of men, when they're in trouble, they then use their strength for bad trying to masquerade and protect themselves and insulate themselves from reality. So the first that you say, we, as a man, you've got to always say, you know, is there something that I could do differently based on what I'm, 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 I'm faced with, you know? And once you ask yourself this question, can I do things differently? You're opening up a different neurological pathway in your brain and then it searches for solutions instead of being stuck in the problem mode. So that's the first thing we've got to understand that we've got, we've got the strength, we've got the ability to shift our paradigm, to shift the way we think, so that we don't feel stuck. Because a lot of men at the moment, they're feeling completely stuck. And the reasons that they will tell are very true. COVID, people have lost their jobs, salaries have been cut, people have been retrenched. Those things are real. It's not, it's not, it's not some philosophical stuff. However, if we look at this challenge that we face with as big problems, we will not be able to, to find solutions. But if we say, what can I do differently? Different shift. That's a different mind, mind field. Mm. Another thing that we don't do very well as men is we don't create a proper band of brothers. When I'm saying a proper brand of brothers, I mean people that will encourage you and also hold you accountable. We don't do that very well as men. We rather talk about soccer, Euro 2021, or sports cars, and all these kind of things, but they are very rare. 
circumstances or, or, or environments where men sit down and have an open conversation, you know. And, and again, it goes back to this thing, you're a hunter-gatherer, you're the man, you should be strong. And therefore, sitting and telling your other men your challenges, there's a perception that that is a weakness. It is not a weakness. It is the greatest strength that you could ever have. Because once you open up to your band of brothers, I can promise you somebody within that small collective will have a solution for you. So that's what's important. The first thing is we should use our strength for good. The second one is should create a band of brothers. The third one is every man has a field, you know. So think of yourself as a farmer. And most farmers, they farm different things, you know, livestock, this and that and whatever. So the field that we have are the gifts that we have, you know, the talent, the education, the experience. Again, you've got to ask yourself differently. In this environment that we're in now, where things have been totally turned upside down, how can I tend my field differently? You know, COVID, has, there's not one human being on planet Earth who's not been affected by this. You know, some of us had to retrench our people, you know, close offices. But in all of this pain and all of these challenges, I have always said to people, we must always think about how can we do things differently? Because the way that we did things six, seven months ago, it's no longer applicable now. And until you find this band of brothers, this group of men, can be four or five, that you really trust, that you can open up to them, and that you know what you say to them will stay in that circuit, it's not going to go out. Then it becomes easy for men to have these deep conversations. Because at the moment, most of our conversations are very superficial. Like I said, we talk about soccer, hey, it's Euro 2021. We really don't talk about the things that, that trouble us. And I think it is critical that we create this band of brothers and that we tend our fields. The fourth thing that we need to look at is our character as men. You know, and character is the final step into destiny, into getting where you want to go. So if you are a man with a very checked character, you, you, you know, you don't have good values, you don't uh, engage in positive things, you always want to cut corners, you want quick uh, get-rich schemes, then you have an issue with your character. Now, building of a character, it's not a, a single man's job. Not one human being can sit in a small little corner and say, I'm going to build my character. You need other men. And other women, by the way, who come and ready with you in rebuilding your character. Because like our anonymous caller said, things are different. Things are tough. And we cannot pretend anymore. We have to call it what it is. And for you to call it what it is, you've got to be honest with yourself. And, and I think if we look at these four things, you know, using our strength for good, uh, building a band of brothers, you know, tending our fields based on our gifts and talents, and working on our character. I think if we do these four things as men, there will be a shift in society. And that shift is much needed. Um, Billy, if, if you may allow me, I would say also for men to learn how to manage emotion. Yeah. 
um, because I think that's that's the crux for me. Yeah. If you can't manage your emotions, you cannot rally behind uh, uplifting your character. Absolutely. You, you cannot rally behind, you know, anything that will uplift you. So manage emotions. Can I go to some of the voice notes from our A-teamers, please? Beautiful. Good evening, Patricia Enoyest, Tabelo speaking. Very nice topic. I just want to pose a question to your guest. That why a, a, boy, a boy child is taught to do both indoor chores and outdoor chores. Well, most of girls are only taught to do uh, indoor chores. I think that's where the problem started. Thank you very much. How 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 I wonder who is doing that because minangkule ngsengatini ngsekishini you know <laughs> there was there was no difference well at least yeah. for me so yeah but maybe answer answer that uh, Billy well I think again it goes back to societal stereotypes you know and we have to break those things you know and and therefore we've got to we've got to create our households must be plural in the sense that. We should never say to the boy child, ah, we should never say to the girl child, ah, no, we have to create opportunities that are equal for both of them to learn different skills, you know, because the skills that we teach them as children will help them when they're adults. It's like a girl driving a car and they have a puncture. If they've been taught by their father that, you know, changing a wheel is not a man's job, you can change a wheel if you're in trouble. She'll change a wheel. If we teach a boy child that, listen, you've got to learn how to cook, that cooking is not a woman thing, because you're going to one day go to university, you'll have a room, and you'll have to cook. So we have to create this plurality and just define shows as character-building mechanisms and skills that they will need for the future, and not create a gender-based kind of skills environment that intolay abafaz and this one daughter. No, we shouldn't do that. And that's where the big challenge is. Because then these kids grow up with a stereotype that, no, I'm a, I'm a girl, I can't do this. And don't say, no, I'm a boy, boys don't do these kind of things. And that, we have to change. Mm, true. Let me go to another voice note. Hey, good evening, Sis Pat, the guest, and all eight teamers. Yes, indeed, uh, at times men are put under unnecessary pressure. Uh, but I believe it's up to a man to put his foot down to say you know what i'm not going to bite a lot more than i can chew i cannot give what i do not have so do the best that you can and then end there you know bottom line is you cannot give what you do not have so for a man to go and take things on credit and hide it and do all these things, you know, uh, aside, not telling the family, but trying to impress the same family. I think that man must take responsibility for that after that. So keep your cool. Uh, you cannot live your life. Thank you very much, Ispet. Papa G here in the Northern Cape. Papa G, I agree 110% with you. 
people need to take responsibility as well so that society can, you know, treat them at the level that they present themselves. Because I don't know what you are facing if you don't show me. So I'm going to treat you at the level that you present yourself. But I'm, I'm, I'm not the inspirational speaker. Uh, <laughs> Billy, you are the one to say whether I'm right or wrong. But I just feel, and I, str- I strongly feel this. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I've got a daughter and sons. And mm-hmm. I don't want my sons to not be able to express emotions because they are boys. But in yeah. the same vein, I don't want to pamper my sons the same mm-hmm. way I don't want to pamper my daughter. Mm-hmm. Because you pamper the emotions, you, you, you make them feel like everything is comfortable. Um, and they are the boss. They've got the power. These are the words we use when we talk yeah. about men. Absolutely. Power. And all, mm. And then that power is associated with materialistic things. Yeah, exactly. And the moment they leave the house and they start their own lives, they want to exert power. It's absolutely. internal power. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and by the way, what you just said is based on this lie that society or stereotype that society has built. You just mentioned power, which is quite amazing. Because there's a, there's a perception that, uh, you know, real men choose uh, uh, power over love. But no, that's not true. A true man will choose love over power. Because here's the thing. Serving is greater than controlling. Because power is about control. But love is about serving. Serving is much more greater than controlling. Then there's the money thing. You know, if you've got money, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, money doesn't make a man. The poorest man can live behind the richest legacy. Yeah. Money doesn't make a man. Yeah. There's nothing as common as very poor people. All they have is money. Then these uh, big boys don't cry. Well, vulnerability is strength. It's not a weakness. When you are vulnerable, you're showing the true character of who you are. It's not a weakness. It's a strength. You know, these are the three lies that men are bombarded with. So therefore, we've got to break it down and say, true masculinity is measured wrongly. And here's what I think we should look at. it. There's a thing that... uh, how good you look or well-dressed you are makes you a, 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 an amazing man. And I say to people, if you if you take a, a pig and use Hugo Boss to cover it, it's still a pig, you know. doesn't change. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> you know, and, and people say, you know, the words that you say. It's not what you say that counts, it's what you do. Your word means nothing until it is acted upon. Good intentions without actions mean absolutely nothing. And then there's the, the possession. Possessions don't define anybody because, you know, ownership is an illusion. We don't own anything. We're just giving a, a stewardship, you know. Because when you die, everything stays behind. And nobody's going to be reading an obituary that says you had three Bentleys and four Rolls Royces. Nobody's going to read that in your obituary or in your tombstone, you know. And this thing about position as well, you know, the position that you occupy, I'm the CEO, I'm the CFO, I'm the what. Quite honestly, people don't care what position you occupy. People care about two things. Are you a person of integrity? And how do you make people around you feel? Those are the two profound things about us as human beings. It's not you are a CEO, you are a CFO, or you are this. No, it doesn't matter. People just want to know, are you a man of your word? Do you leave your word and do your word? And how do people around you feel? When you open your mouth and talk to people, are you empowering or disempowering people? 
And, and sadly, a lot of these stereotypes that have been lumped on men have made men uh, use power wrongly, you know. <laughs> and like I, I said earlier on and said, pre-colonization, we had amazing women which men followed without feeling inadequate at all because the goal was much more bigger than the position. It did not matter who held what position. What was important was there was a goal to be achieved and the best person who could lead the process of achievement of that goal. If it was a woman, so be it. You know, I mean, if you go back to, to, to our history, not too far here in, in, in Zululand, you know, Mango Sutu's grandmother who was a, 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 a general in the army of the late Emperor Shaga Zulu Vasindanakon. You know, she was, a, she was a general in the army and she was a woman. And there were no issues because she was good at what she was doing, you know. So I think that especially we Africans, we have to understand that our essence and our originality has been taken away from us and we're struggling with these foreign concepts. But I promise you, if we go back into what really made Africa this majestic land that it was, how we build the pyramids, how we... You know, people don't even know that Africa had three universities. It took Europe 230 years before they had their first university. Mm. Billy, it's already 11 o'clock, so oh. uh, we need to wrap up. <laughs> I know, I know. It's difficult for us to end these conversations because we never, ever um, get to the bottom of it. But uh, yeah. please give us contact details for those who need to contact you. Uh, the email is pa at com On Facebook, bilisiligane. LinkedIn, Bilisilegane. Instagram, Bilisilegane underscore six. Excellent. Thank you very much, Billy. Looking forward to another Mindful Wednesday. I'm going to close off with a message from Malishwane in Velcom, who says uh, parenting style is so pivotal in the family. We grew up looking at our parents and how my father made farming simple. I ended up managing the family farm. Way to go, Malishwane. It's 11 o'clock. Let's go to Greg Hose with the final news.